Welcome to the Image Makeover Podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to be made over into the image of Jesus. On this episode, our host Nick Euler shares his journey through pastoral pain and how learning to care for his soul got him through the pain of a tough ministry season. We are joined by our special guest today, Mitch Lamb, student pastor at New Life Morton. So my name's Mitch, and uh, I'm the youth pastor that works along with Nick. And so I'm a young guy, only been in ministry now for about a year. Um, and so I jokingly say all the time that, you know, ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the people. Um, and so I, obviously I'm joking when I say that. It's true in a sense that ministry is is hard work. Um, it's stuff that's draining. And so there's a lot of times where your soul... Um, kind of gets drained in the process of doing ministry. And so even as a young guy, I've seen my friends go into the ministry um, and really only last a few years. And then they're, they're doing a different job um, for many different reasons. But a lot of the reasons are because of the heaviness um, that ministry brings along with it. Uh, so Nick, when did you, how'd you get into ministry? How'd you start? You know, what's your story kind of thing? Yeah, I've been in ministry now for 22 years um, or no, 25 years, almost 25 years. Um, it was a calling. I, I was in high school and was at CIY. Uh, and I just, my, it was kind of one of those things. My, my great uncle was a pastor. Uh, his, his sister was my grandma and she, he had asked me years ago, when I was a little kid. He asked me what I want to do is, uh, uh, when I grew up and I said, I wanted to be a fireman. And he asked me about being a pastor and I'm like, Oh no, I couldn't do that. I'm not religious enough, you know? And so my grandma always reminded me of that. And when I was in high school, I went to CIY and they made this call for people to go into ministry. And I just felt the Lord calling me to preach. And so uh, that's when I decided I was going to go to Lincoln. Um, I came back from CIY. My dad said, uh, well, you had just flunked two classes this year, your junior year. So um, there's no way you can go to Lincoln unless you get straight A's this year. So what did I do? I got straight A's my senior year of high school and uh, was able to go to Lincoln. And so when I went to Lincoln, uh, had a really good experience there, learned a lot. It was a, a good college opportunity to learn for me. Um, and so that kind of started me on this path of, uh, Going into ministry, so my first church was a church in Decatur. Uh, it was a small, about a church of 125. Uh, so I was the youth pastor, but I had like nursery all the way up through high school. So the one thing that I really appreciated about that church was the the pastor that was there, Leroy, was um, just a very good mentor to me. He he kind of took me under his wing, taught me a lot about ministry and. And about, uh, you know, he'd been through, through some hard things and just, you know, stuck with it. And uh, so so he and I, he just really kind of took me under his wing and, and mentored me. I learned a lot about hospital visits and how to uh, call on people and, and a lot of things like that besides just youth ministry stuff. And then uh, I went to another church here in uh, the Peoria area, uh, Highview Christian Church, and I was the associate. So I did a little bit of everything. I had to focus on uh, youth ministry. I had, again, children from nursery all the way up through high school. And and so I just got a, a good taste of ministry there. And, and it, there were some hard times, and there were some things that were difficult in both of those churches. Um, and then I went to, in 2007, I got the opportunity to be a senior minister at Auburn, Illinois. And really, 
loved it. Um, but there were some things that I had to do in order to kind of help me um, as a pastor. So one of those things was I had to really learn to fi- find my voice. Um, I was, I'd never preached week to week. I'd only preached, you know, once, once a quarter, once a month, something like that. And so preaching every week is a whole different ball game. You have to, uh, you have to study for it. You have to be ready week in and week out. I mean, it's just a, a whole different ball game. And so it takes a lot more study as far as constantly be reading. You have to constantly be filling or feeding your soul. And so it was in that period I got to go to a free a free retreat for ministers. I went to a, a lunch with some other ministers. It was like a, a community gathering. So all the ministers in that area, we all met, and they shared about this free uh, retreat. Well, free was the number one thing for my church. It's like, if you can find something free, you want to go get uh, help, then if you can find it for free, great. So we went, so my wife and I went to this free retreat. And it really changed uh, a lot for me because it it helped me to understand that I had to take care of my soul. I had to to be in the Word uh, on a regular basis. I had to be praying. I had to do those um, disciplines that that help to feed feed your soul. You couldn't just uh, fly by the seat of your pants uh, in order to uh, because if the congregation needs fed, if I'm not feeding myself, then they're not going to get what they need. And so I learned that really quickly uh, not necessarily through hard things but just it was something that I I, I got a hold of really quick and, and understood so as a young senior pastor did you find yourself trying to copy the other senior pastors that you knew um, and trying to be like them and finding your voice and or did you how did you find your voice in a sense yeah I found my voice really by understanding um, preaching as far as it wasn't going to be exactly like I was taught in Bible college that I was going, I wasn't going to outline or I was, I'm not a manuscript guy. Uh, so I figured out what I needed to do, kind of got a rhythm to it. So basically my rhythm was early in the week, I would get my outline stuff done. I would get all of my research and study. And then through, then by Tuesday, I'd try to have all that done so that the rest of the week, I kind of live it, live through that sermon. I didn't use a lot of notes, just basically my outline and my illustrations just kind of came from the things that I lived. I would also, you know, bring things from books, but, um, I was always, you know, reading for, uh, things that would kind of help benefit my soul and benefit my preaching. So whatever the, you know, I would set up all of my stuff like a year, I would do plan my whole year and then uh, weekly just kind of build those sermons. So I just had to find that rhythm of my own. Yes. Yeah, so you talked about you know, kind of benefiting your soul. Um, you know, as a senior pastor, I'm sure you had a lot of weight and pressure and just responsibility on you. Um, so how did you, in a sense, maintain your soul from not allowing yourself to get drained, um, or weary from going to the retreat? One of the things that I, that was evident to me was that I needed to have a monthly retreat day where I would just get out of the office, go for me, I connect the best, uh, to God through nature. So for me, the best thing that I can do to, uh, to have silence and solitude to get away from things is just to go out go for a hike, take the dog for a walk and just spend time in nature with God. That's where I, I connect the best with God, you know, out on the lake, 
fishing. Uh, I just have to go either go fishing or go for a walk, something like that, where I can just spend time and I take my Bible, take my journal and I just hang out with God. And now I've gotten better at the journaling part as I've, you know, as I've gone, uh, back then it was, uh, not my favorite thing to do, but it's something that is, I, I begin, I've begun to see the benefit of journaling so that I can, uh, kind of look back and see where God's taken me. Uh, and my journal is not, that's the other thing that I've learned is I, it doesn't have to be like somebody else. I always thought it had to be like, uh, some great saint. So you, th- you think of Daniel and Daniel, it says that he prayed three times a day. And so I always got in this, in my mind that, man, if I'm going to be a good Christian, if I'm going to be this, uh, good pastor, I got to pray three times a day, you know, face towards Jerusalem, you know, you got to be like, it has to be this formula. And what I realized is that it doesn't have to be a formula for somebody else, but it has to become a rhythm for yourself and what fits best within your personality and, and the kind of the way that you connect. And so for me, I connect well through uh, pictures, um, through uh, music. One of my favorite things to do is in my worship time and, and prayer time is just, you know, a song will trigger my mind. So I just got to play that song and I don't really sing along with it. I'm not a good singer, but you know, just to have that mu- you know, music helps me to connect with God, uh, nature, uh, and then just, I've learned photography. I something I've taken up, but it's, a, it's something I can use to connect uh, with God as well. So, so that's one of the things that I learned was that I needed to, to have that, uh, to care for my soul. And so I think that's what really helped me because uh, the next season of my life after Auburn, or even in Auburn, we had some, we had some painful things that we went through and it was uh, not all smooth at all. Um, and I think that prepared us for what we were going to go through and, uh, in, in uh, Creve Corps. So, so after we, we left uh, Auburn, because it really wasn't a bad situation, we liked it, but we just didn't really like the town. Uh, we really liked this area, so it's Peoria area. Uh, when we lived in Washington, we just fell in love with Peoria. We liked it because it's, it's different than the rest of central Illinois. It's more rolling and uh, it's a big, bigger city and it's just a, a fun place to live. So we were kind of looking for something that may be back in this area. And this uh, minister friend that I knew uh, was getting ready to retire. And so he let me know that uh, he was getting ready to retire and that I should probably send my resume in. And so, you know, I looked into it and I thought, man, this is one of those opportunities I don't know that I, I should pass up. I should really try to see where it goes and if this is if this is where God's leading. So, you know, put a lot of prayer into it and, um, and God led us to, to this church. And so one of the things with ministry too is you got to factor in your family, uh, especially when you go through hard, hard stuff, uh, because it doesn't just affect you, it affects them. And so um, getting through that together and uh, making it through is, is hard. I, I know several of my friends who aren't married today, aren't in ministry today because of some of the hard things they went through. Uh, and so I didn't want to be that. And so we did a lot of things just to help us. Um, 
one of my favorite things that I learned was to, before I come into my, my house, I have a little uh, nail. So I put this little nail outside of my door. And so you come through the garage and right there's a little nail. And each day I just pretend to put all my burdens, all the hard stuff that we're going through, all the, you know, the stuff that I can't talk to my wife about for the ministry and all the stuff that's confidential. And I put it on that and leave it, leave it outside. Now, that doesn't always happen, of course, but uh, but that's something that I really strive to do. It, it's just that reminder that I can't really take. I got to be present with my family. I think that's that's good for your soul and your family's soul as well, because you know while you know your wife loves you and your kids love you at the same time, um, they their job isn't to necessarily take on all those burdens of the people of the church. Um, and so I think, you know, you talked about um, how you leave it at the door kind of thing. And I think that's good for your soul as well, because you, you don't allow yourself to take work um, or the things that are happening at the church and let it overcome every part of your life. Yeah. So I think those two, those two things uh, really helped me to get through probably one of the most painful times uh, of my ministry. So I started at uh, Creve Corps Christian Church in 2012. I was uh, following a guy who had been there for 35 years, uh, had a really good ministry there, and uh, pretty much everyone in the congregation really loved him. It was, uh, it was just a good situation for them. But it was a church that, uh, you know, when I going into it, I didn't realize just kind of all of the the warts or um, you know the thing, the problem areas that would uh, uh, the places that I need to watch and, and and watch my step and so going into it I didn't realize exactly uh, kind of oh, the challenges that I was going to face so I and I faced them uh, one of the first things that I faced was I had elders who Basically, in an elders meeting, would say one thing and then go behind everybody's back and do something else. An example of that, I had a janitor. He was uh, drinking on the job. He was uh, fudging on his uh, timesheet, so he was putting more hours than what he had. And so I went to the elders. And I said, "Look, we've got to we've got to let this guy go. We can't keep keep this going on. Can I have permission to to fire him?" And they said yes, and we, we kind of talked it through. I went through all the right steps. I, his parents were members of the church, so I talked to them and said, you know, this is this is a situation, and I need to do this. And so they they agreed with me, and then I went and I talked to him, and and he was uh, he needed that bottoming out. Uh, he needed to, to kind of have the bottom, the rug out from underneath him, so that he could get sober. And it, it really did help him. Uh, he got uh, by the time I left there, his he was starting to put the pieces of his life back together and doing really well. Got a job and had a girlfriend, and it was just really neat to see. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to have that bottom. Well, what I didn't know was I had one of the elders went to called him and said, "Oh, I think we're going to get your job back for you, and we're going to work this out for you." And um, but he never talked to any of us, not to any of the elders, not myself. He just made this promise to his family. And so, you know, of course, they're upset with me because, well, what, what do you, you know, you're the mean one. And and, uh, and so that was my first uh, real eye opener as far as how rough this was going to be. Um, and then we had a chairman of the elders. Uh, who had had uh, just some trauma as a child that came back to him in, in midlife. Uh, him and his wife, they, they 
really salvage their marriage through it, but uh, it just uh, kind of killed their leadership. And but nobody really talked about it, and then that kind of was uncovered, and it just oh, it was terrible. And uh, so he was really the only one that had my back. Uh, that the chairman of the elders. So with him gone, it was like free game as far as there was just a very critical spirit. Everything that was you did you did was wrong you know no matter no matter if you did so like i even i baptized uh five people on one sunday uh and which for that size church it was a really good sunday and this one elder came to me that same day the next day you did it all wrong you were you know and just ripped me for for you know and i'm like you didn't get the point you know especially one of the families I have been working with for a year, discipling them to that point. And it's just really cool to see how God was working. And it just totally, totally missed the point. Yeah. And it's like, things like that can slowly, I believe, just take over your soul and wear it down. Um, Just because as a senior pastor, obviously, you know, you were dealing with a lot of different things. And it's just that you feel like you're doing so, so many great things for the church. And then, you know, the negatives kind of slide in there and it's, it's the way that I believe the enemy tries to tear down churches, uh, tear apart congregations and your soul can really only take so much of that, um, at one time. And so, um, so how did, in those moments when you were feeling all the, the kind of the negative weight, what did you do practically to care for your soul? Um, I just continue with my rhythm, uh, you know, that was one of the things is when I was younger, I didn't have like a regular quiet time, even in ministry. When I was in the in youth ministry, I didn't have that regular quiet time where I said this time to this time I'm going to be in the word and had a plan for it. And I didn't have, you know, those rhythms of taking the time, you know, doing a retreat day and all of those things. So those I established. So just kind of continued with them. And I, I established also reading through the Bible in a year. And so I'm in the in the word. You're getting the full full scope of God's story and and just understanding who God is. And, and I think probably the most freeing thing I've ever, I've done is, uh, realizing that it's a a friendship that I'm cultivating. So it's not a duty. I used to kind of see it as a duty that I see it as something I have to do rather than, um, a relationship that I'm, that I'm growing. And so once I realized that I'm building this relationship and I'm doing things, doing this stuff so that I can cultivate my relationship with God, who wants to, the God of the universe who wants to have a relationship with me, that's really how I cared for my soul, just continued in that. And then the heart, the person that really suffered a lot was my wife, um, partly because, you know, all the, the negativity towards me, one, and then two, the uh, she had had a place where you know she finally kind of got, you know, as a youth minister's wife, she knew her role and what she did, and and then when she was uh, the senior minister's wife at Auburn, she finally kind of felt comfortable in that role, and then we moved here. In the church at, at Creve Corps, the, the minister's wife was very strong. Uh, she had a, a kind of a commanding personality, and, and people really loved her. Well, they never really gave my wife a chance. Um, it, it was one of those, the best way to describe the situation in the church is so the, the pastor and his wife, they didn't leave. They stayed at the church, which was you know, I, I thought maybe we could work that, that we could, it would work. But what happened was the church, they, they wouldn't really, they had had so much, uh, 
life lived with those with that pastor and his wife that they couldn't let go of that and trust somebody new. And so no matter what we did, we weren't going to gain their trust. I mean, I, you know, it, it takes a long time. This should overcome 35 years. And then on top of that, you have this critical spirit of, you know, and uh, kind of this um, backbiting going around each other's backs. So you have all of that working and what, and so it just really makes it a tough situation. Right. Because not only do you have, you know, 35 years of a single pastor, which is a long time for a senior pastor, but on top of that, they're still in the church, still influencing people. And so it does, it would have made it hard. I can imagine for you and your wife, you know, because they're, that church really hasn't moved on to the next senior pastor yet. Um, And so, you know, I can understand how they were kind of torn between, you know, you and the old senior pastor. Um, But no, I think what you said was good about um, just making sure that your feeding your soul is the number one thing in your life when it comes to your relationship with God. Because like you said earlier, how can you expect to pour into others, feed other people if you yourself are not feeding um, yourself? Um, And so I know like for me, I try to um, just have that quiet time every day when I come in the office, you know, hopefully for a half hour, um, just spending in scripture reading. Um, Because I know for me in youth ministry, I know I can't expect my students to grow if I'm not, if I myself am not growing. Um, so no, I think that was that was excellent about making sure that your soul is being maintained daily, um, because otherwise, like you've been talking about, you will find yourself drained, you will find yourself weary, yeah. kind of struggling. One of the things that I've I've learned to, so I grew up in a uh, the church tradition that was very uh, study oriented. So it was, it was all about Bible knowledge, and so you had to, uh, the more you knew about God, the more stronger you were in your faith. That's kind of the the idea. But one of the things that I've learned is that that it's not just about our not knowing about God, but it's knowing God. And so I had to kind of when I when I was studying the scriptures for uh, preaching, you, I approach it in an academic way, and I approach it with, uh, you know, taking apart the Greek and trying to understand the text and wrestle with the text. When it came to feeding my soul, I needed to read it more devotionally and to uh, to let it speak to me. And so, one of the things that I've done is called lexio divina, and it's something that I've been learning in uh, my field of study. And the coolest thing about it is that it's that so you let the the text speaks to you, you listen to what what God's saying, and then the response. And so for me, my response has been, I take a picture that I've uh, that I've either taken or something that I find, and I put a, the scripture that the words of the scripture that really stick out to me and really kind of the things that I'm chewing on all through the day. And I put this picture and I put it in my journal, and then I put it up on the. To, Instagram or Facebook. And it's just something that's just, that's kind of my response to the text. And so it's been really freeing and helpful to me to be able to respond to, you know, to let, listen to what he says to me. And then I respond by uh, putting something that influences myself and other people. So it's, that's been something that's really helped me. But at Creve Corps, uh, the end of that ministry, it, it was just, Every time I go into an elders meeting, they were like, well, you need to be more of this. You need to do that. It was basically they were just saying that, you know, who you are and the way you do ministry is not what we need here. And, you know, and that's hard to take that when you're realizing that um, 
you know, and I, I've got enough of an inner critic in my own head that tells me, <laughs> I mean, I can look back and then looking back on that ministry, you know, there's parts of me that says, well, you know, you could have done this better. You could, I mean, there was a lot of things that maybe I could have done better. I could have made this, this decision better and whatever. But uh, when it came down to it, it just was not going to be a fit. It wasn't, it was just that time where we need, they needed something else and I needed something else. And uh, that, it was hard. And so when we left there, um, we got to a point where, it's like, what are we going to, where are we going to go to church? And we landed at New Life. And that was really a godsend. And it's, it's been good for all of us to have a healing. And, and, I, and really, at that point, I didn't know that I wanted to be a minister anymore. I was like, at that, you know, you're just like, I'm done. But what kept me in ministry, kept me in church, was my kids. You know, I didn't want them. I, I knew, you know, you know the benefit of it. You know, you know, I stayed, uh, in my practices and, and uh, trusting God. And so the main thing that I got out of that period was that I needed to trust God that he was going to provide. And that was hard because we were so I was six months between jobs. And so we had probably about three months saved up uh, financially. They gave us uh, two, like a two month severance. So we kind of, we had enough saved up that we could uh, survive, but it was tight and it was, it was, it was tough. And the message that I kept hearing from God was, trust me, I'm going to take care of you. And we got a check from my uncle and he sent me, sent us a big check. And he said, you know, God told me that I needed to send this to you and took care of us. Um, I had, uh, went to a, a retreat with a, a former minister named Bob Russell. And he would get the, I would get these emails every once in a while about benevolence money that he got for families in my church. So I would uh, write a little letter about this family I knew was struggling and I'd get them money through it. I never thought it was going to be for me. And so I ended up giving it to Pastor Dad and he wrote a little letter for me and they sent us money. And it was when I went to get that money, we went over to the office and Pastor Thad says, um, he was handing me the check and he's like, have you ever done a children's minister before? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, and kind of explain my, my background and uh, one thing led to another and then I, I came on staff. It was like, every time we needed it, God came through and provided for us. And so uh, I really learned that in that hard time that God was kind of sh- shaping my character and helping me to kind of chiseling off those rough edges. And, and it's really helped my wife. Uh, she's been you know, it, it, she really struggled. It, can't, it took a while for her to kind of find her groove again. But you know, now she's involved in the um, the hospitality ministry here and doing some great things. You just see that that life come back into. It. And for me as a husband, that's exciting to see that ministry, the enthusiasm for ministry, back into my wife's life is is really cool. I guess if I were to sum all this up, uh, the main thing I would say is to, to lean into God. So when you go through the hard times, you're either going to repel away from God or lean in. I encourage you as a pastor, lean in, and that's going to help you get through it. Um, you know, you just got to have somebody that you can talk to outside of that situation. You got to have people that, you know, or that have your back and, you know, love on your family. Have a rhythm. Make sure that you're caring for your soul in the word, that you're... Uh, 
that you're doing service that you're you're doing those disciplines and you got to find the ones that fit best with your personality and who you are if you're not a journaler i'm not a journaler but i do it because it, it really helps me to be able to write down those things get them off my chest to say okay god here's the things that i'm struggling with take those now i can listen and uh, be attentive to you and so those are and just cultivate that friendship with God. That, that's that's key. And then once you do that and you have that established, then it, that strengthens everything else in your resolve for ministry, and will will help keep you keep you there. Stay faithful to that call and hit and lean into Him and trust Him, and He'll He'll get you through it. And then you'll come out better for it at the end. I want to say a special thank you to Mitch for hosting today. Thanks for listening to the Image Makeover Podcast. We're a brand new podcast, so please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Also, make sure to check out our website, theimagemakeover.com. See you next time.